Sophie Haken and I'm a stand-up comedian and you are listening to the Made of Human podcast or in short Mopad. It's a podcast in which I speak to very lovely people about life and how to do it basically and very often people have no clue how to do it and then we talk about that instead. It's really nice. This week I'm speaking to Callie Thorpe, a hero of mine and I will uh, let you listen to our chat in just a tiny bit. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian if you didn't know uh, which means that I'm doing shows i'm doing stand-up shows i have a new show called dead baby frog trigger warning it's about emotional abuse so if that's a, 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 a hardcore thing for you maybe be prepared for that if you come in and see it um i'm going to be touring this autumn i will be in peterborough i'm going to just butcher the names of your your lovely country i'm going to be in peterborough Winchester, Liverpool, Ferrum, Coventry, Swindon, Leeds, Glasgow, Aberdeen, Norwich, Kendall, Milton Keynes, Bath, Aldershot, Maidenhead, Newcastle, Newport, Leicester, Manchester, Oxford, Bristol, Hull, Bromsgrove, Stockton, Cambridge, Colchester, New Milton, Reading, Whitehaven, Aberystwyth, Northampton and Canterbury. I will also be in Denmark. <clears throat> I will be in Odense, Aalborg, uh, <laughs> Aarhus, Espia and Copenhagen. I am also going to be in Edinburgh uh, for the Fringe Festival this August, where I will be at the Bedlam Theatre at 2pm every single day of the Fringe. It's not a free Fringe show, so you have to buy tickets in advance. Uh, I'm also doing small shows in London. Now, for tickets to all of these things and more information, go to sophiehagen.com for tickets. Now, my tour of the UK is going to be... uh, anxiety safe meaning you can email me if uh, you have a certain anxiety about going to a gig again more information on sophiehagen.com it will i've also managed to make uh, every single show uh, have a gender neutral toilets which is a thing and if you disagree with that don't come like i don't care uh there's no way of emailing me and telling me to not do that i've read all about it i've made my decision all the toilets will be gender neutral that's it also, all the venues will have uh, disabled access, uh, which was a thing I unfortunately couldn't do on the last tour because I thought of it too late. And that's shitty. But this tour, I've, I hope I've made up for it. So, more information about all those things, sovieng.com. Uh, and while you're there, sign up for the newsletter, please, because then you'll get all this information there so you don't uh, have to listen to me ramble every week. I mean, you'll still have to if you want to listen to the podcast, I guess. So, uh, this episode, I'm very, very happy with it. Um, Callie Thorpe is oh, just the loveliest. I love her. I want to be her best friend. Uh, so, yeah, before, um, before, oh, before I let you listen to the episode, we forgot a thing. We have to do this week's Acts of Disobedience. It's my favorite new thing. Uh, you people write me and tell me about the, the times you've um, been disobedient. It's amazing. So (laughs) this is one of my favorites. I love this so much. Um, This week's listener is called Elsie, and this is what she wrote. So by far my biggest and best act of disobedience happened a few years ago and still makes me smile when I think about it. I was on a night out with my friends and this guy I didn't know just kept grabbing my ass despite me repeatedly telling him not to. After maybe the third or fourth time, I just lost it and I turned around and grabbed him by the balls. Holding on tight, I said to him, See? It's not nice, is it? Being grabbed isn't nice. He looked scared and horrified. His mates pulled him away 
And after I explain, after I had explained what had happened, uh, apologized uh, profusely on his. Oh, it's the friends. His mates pulled him away, and after I explained what had happened, they apologized profusely on his behalf. Turning back to what I expected to be the embarrassed or shocked faces of my friends, I was instead met with laughter and, con and congratulations from everyone. I felt like I had defended myself and taken my power back. I didn't exactly punch a Nazi, but I did grab a dick by the balls. Oh my god, bow down to your new leader, Elsie. Holy shit. <laughs> you can, and please do, submit your act of disobedience on madeofhumanpodcast.com, where you can also buy a Mopat t-shirt. <laughs> um... Oh my god, please enjoy this episode with the incredible Callie Thorpe. I love your podcast. I was listening to a lot of it when I was on my honeymoon. Oh, yeah, that's you. how I first found you. I was like, just going through and then, I don't know if someone recommended it, but I was just going through the iTunes list, I think, and I was just howling, laughing at some of the stuff. You're so funny. Oh, thank Obviously, because you. you're a comedian. That's you. Oh, well, I, that's, I'll take it still. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but we, we've... We have mutual friends and stuff. So. We do, yeah. It's weird. I don't know how we never internet yeah. met. Well, it must have been through, I'm thinking Bethany Rutter. Yeah, yeah. Who was on the podcast. Yeah, I heard. I loved hers. I yeah. love her voice. She's got such a nice oh. voice. Oh, she's so cool. Yeah, yeah. She's so good. But I think she was my, she must have been the first. I can't think of anyone else within like the fat positivity blogger sphere yeah. in the UK that I know. I think she must have been the first one. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I just listened to your podcast and I was just like, I was in Mexico and it was so hot and I'm just loving life, like oh. laughing and think it was really funny. So. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and then when I tweeted and you were like, oh my God, you tweeted. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like fangling over you and then you were like, I'm fangling over you. And isn't that lovely? Oh, it's so nice. Do that. Yeah, I love it. I think oh, it's so, so nice. It's positivity. Yes. I'm really into like these days, especially because for people who don't know, we're recording this while. Like, this is on the day of the election. Yeah. I imagine we won't be talking about it because when people no. will be listening, yeah. we'll not. either have, like, a really good government and everything will be great, or the world won't exist anymore, so it won't be a thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so because there's a lot of tension and a lot of arguments on the mm. internet and stuff, I'm just so obsessed with just positivity and yeah. optimism. It's, it's hard sometimes to be on the internet, I think, because you're like sometimes you just have to take a break from it, but then it's nice to create your own sort of nice corner of it where you've got yeah. some nice and it's mostly for me like really strong women that have got good voices and have passionate views about things that you relate to each other on and stuff and I think yeah a lot of that is like body positivity and fatness and all those sorts of things that have kind of led me to really great women yeah there's great women on the internet I'm yeah for sure and when you are at events primarily for fat people mm. it's such a nice I mean, yeah. I think about you know, you know, like the fat swaps where you go and get clothes. And yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we so always do them. Supportive and you look I great in that, and you're amazing. And what a great shirt! And you're just yeah. Like, ah. This the community is like it's it was it was mind blowing coming into it because I literally was so far from it. I've never, I like I mean, my blog I started writing it as a diet diary. So oh, really? yeah, that's how I started blogging. I was like really obsessed with weight loss like all my life, and I've always been big, and I always just thought like this is 100. I need to lose weight. I need to like you know get my life together and I thought that like everything that was going wrong in my life and my career was all to do with me and my weight and um I was di doing a diet diary it was awful it was like an uh, it's the worst name ever it was called slimming in the city <laughs> and um just like the worst thing and it was just like where I just wrote really horrible crap about myself oh, no. 
And then when I stumbled, I actually first met Bethany. So I, yeah, I stumbled on the internet first. I actually found my friend Gabby, Gabby Gregg, who writes GabbyFresh.com. Oh, she's amazing. She's a US blogger. And I found her first. And then I found, actually bumped into Bethany in the street. Really? I was walking. randomly? Yeah, well, she was, it was on the road where I work. And she was in a coffee shop called Store Street Coffee or Store Street Espresso or something like that. Something to do with coffee. And, um. (laughs) I was like, excuse me, because I started to follow her on Twitter. And I was, like, really engaged with her political tweets. And I've never been exposed to that. Like, I grew up in Wales. And, like, most of my, like, closest friends still to this day are very slim. So I kind of had a narrow view. and didn't understand Mm. it. So when I was reading about it and then I actually met her, I was like, oh, my God, this is mad. And it was just really nice to be welcomed into the community from them. Yeah. So what, so what, like... You, so for, for people who may not know you, so you what, what what's your title then? Bud, body positivity blogger, mm, fashion. I don't know. I think to be honest with you, I feel like I'm just like a, a jack of all trades these days. Yeah. I definitely like. I definitely feel like I'm a body positive blogger. I I'm always I've always been that since the beginning, and I but I I sort of. I would have thought I was a fashion blogger because I just, you know, yeah. I, I was recently writing a column for Marie Claire, the first ever plus size column for Marie Claire in the UK. Was that the one where there was like an open, uh, not like an edition, but like you could send in and... No, it was actually like a, the, so it was a fashion, oh yeah, it was a competition I, I won basically. Oh, yeah. I applied for that thinking, Did you? I'm not good, I'm not good. And oh. then I was like, well, I, I mean, oh, there was every reason in the world for me to not get that because I'm not a fashion, I mean. Oh, but I think. <laughs> so how about was you? Oh, uh, yeah, so it was like in the mag, it was a paper, the paper mag and um, it was a column once a month um, and I got to like shoot in clothes and to oh, be nice. like a size 24 woman in a mainstream magazine in a monthly like mag, it was just insane because obviously, most people don't um don't yeah. see that in magazines they yeah. don't see anyone that looks like me yeah. um so it was quite powerful um to do and yeah so I sort of I am very much aligned to fashion but I also like to dabble in lifestyle stuff like I love to travel and mm. um I like to speak about travel and experiences being fat when I travel mm. as well so one of my most read blog posts is called being fat in Southeast Asia Southeast Asia Um, and I just get like loads of people write to me all the time and they say I just found your blog because I'm going to Thailand and I'm really nervous because I'm worried about how I'm going to get treated there and basically I just sort of explained my experiences and how to deal with it because there is definitely a cultural difference and they do stare at you when you're fat but they also stare at you when you're tall ginger black everything it's like it's not like it's just like for fat people but um people are so nervous and lots of women wrote to me and said that they didn't want to go on holiday because of it and I was just like that so makes me sad that people don't want to travel because they're worried about not fitting in a seat or they're worried about being judged or they're worried about wearing summer clothes and I'm just like no life's way too short so yeah but so have you but you've not always felt like that um no, I used to feel terrible about myself. And I, I, to be honest with you, I think it's an ongoing journey. Like, mm. I don't, I don't, I can't say that there's every single day I feel amazing. And actually, just before my honeymoon, um, I wrote this post on Instagram and I sort of was really honest and I said, I, I'm not doing great very much about my body image because um, I'd had an accident in April, oh, sorry, May of last year and I fell between the tube and the platform. <gasps> 
No. And that's my biggest fear. Yeah. Oh, it was the best, like, great day ever. Oh, God. <laughs> but the thing which saved me was being fat because I was, I think if any else, but else, they would just fall right through. But those thick thighs, they <laughs> saved my life. Thick thighs saved lives. Um, but yeah, basically, I slipped and I, yeah. I was stuck between the train and the platform. And um, it was really weird. But that day, there was no person, like, guard on the platform. And I, I literally was wedged in. <laughs> Luckily, my husband, Dan, was there and he helped me up oh, and everyone helped me. But I had really, really severe bruising on my legs and it, it just it's still it's still there I don't know if I can show you but it's still here it's yeah. got it's gone down a lot but basically um I was really self-conscious about it because yeah. and on top of that my weight because I just had been really busy last year and then I thought my honeymoon's coming up and my skin was bad everything was bad and, and I I felt like I sort of distanced myself off the internet because I felt like I can't be here and be this person that's like love yourself and love your body and do all this and then feel so crap mm. and I literally had to be honest and say like guys this it's, it's actually okay to be like this you know mm. you know I think a lot of girls wrote to me as well and said women sorry you know I should say girls but women wrote to me and said I actually sometimes feel pressure to feel like I have to be body positive mm. all the time mm. and when I say body positive, I don't mean, because obviously when I say body positive, I mean you should always respect other people's bodies. But I mean mm. physically about yourself. People sometimes feel pressure to always be like, yeah, I, I, look, I feel great. And yeah. I think it's really hard to do it still in this day and age, even though body positivity is in the mainstream. I think it's yeah. still really hard to, well, to th- forget those things that you learn. But th- I think that's because we, we kind of take it the... We need to understand that like fat acceptance and fat positivity and body positivity and all of these things, isn't it? It's more like the acknowledgement of where the thought and the notion comes from. Yeah. So you can, I feel like we can be fat positive be, as long as we know that all the thoughts in our heads, which might still be there, are, are come from, yeah, yes, exactly, come from reading shitty magazines oh. and the, the, you know. And that's the thing which was like, I was always really torn thinking like when I did the Marie Claire thing I was thinking I've always sort of bashed these magazines thinking like I'm always saying don't read magazines that tell you you should lose weight and it's like obviously most magazines still do Mm. I mean they probably do it more subtly than they ever used to before Mm. um but for me it's quite powerful to to be like that size and be like it's I'm 20 Mm. size 24 and I'm big and I'm actually fat like this is this is something that you don't see very often like you often see sort of sills plus size but slim body yeah. conforming women Flat that are the fa- and, yeah, yeah that are the face of that and it was quite yeah I felt it was quite powerful it was cool it was definitely yeah. one of my finer moments but yeah you kind of feel for me because I've done it twice I've had a column in a Danish mag- Danish women's magazine which it wasn't until after I'd started writing for them I realised oh they've since I knew them when I lived in Denmark they've become like a plus size magazine so it wasn't as powerful but it still is and um, it was like one of those like for real women you're like oh god yeah. that's not a thing stop yeah, it no. but then when I went to Dubai to do gigs uh, this woman came up to me afterwards and said she worked in a magazine and she would love to do an interview and I kind of jokingly said because it was such a surreal experience being in Dubai so I said yeah we should do like a swimsuit uh, photo shoot <laughs> and she was like would you do that I was like oh yeah just like, if you style me and you get like the photographer oh and my make god it look great, do it and she went oh my god yes we'll do it oh my god and then she just started sending me like this woman came to my hotel with like a bunch of swimsuits like you know like yeah. measure me and and 
the whole thing was so weird. The whole thing was just so surreal. And I was, like turned up and got my makeup done. There was a man with a bird. There was like a man with like a falcon. Oh my god, I've seen this on Instagram. You must have seen it. I posted it it's really funny because you're talking about Dubai, but I always can you remember you posting like your behind the scenes hotel room tour. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I love it when you do that and you're like gone gone away and then you like give this is the bathroom, this yeah. is the bath. And I'm like, Yes, I love a hotel room tour. Right, it's, it's I just thing. think it's the best because obviously yeah. like it's like I've you know, you said it a few times, like you've um, you're really grateful you, have, you know you wouldn't normally have experienced this yeah. and often like being a blogger I've come into a world where I do get to do things that I never ever would have done before yeah. and I do feel incredibly grateful for that and it's like exactly what you said when you say yeah. it but it's, it's funny. so surreal it is surreal it? sometimes it's like this is my like just like the first time someone does your makeup professionally oh like, yeah what is happening <laughs> you're like my face has never looked so good <laughs> yeah, why can't I do this at home oh, mm. you, you kind of go oh, is it meant to be this many layers? Like, yes, I've done lot. it wrong my entire life. <laughs> well, weirdly, whenever I have my makeup done professionally, I always think they don't put enough on. Oh, really? They sort of go, like, I fully cake it, like, I'm go foundation all over the face. Oh, okay. But they do, like, you know, a bit here and a bit there, and then, but it still looks immaculate, and I'm like, how is this happening? Oh, really? Well, I'm, I'm from a completely different world, where, oh. like, fashion is... I've never really cared about fashion because I've never been able to fit into anything. Yeah. And I'm still on like a fashion binge thing at the moment where if I see something I can fit into, I just buy it. Yeah. And I buy 10 of them. 10? Even if I know. I do that with like, shoes. Even if, what well, shoes? Because I, I have really wide feet. So oh, me too. I have to buy like three pairs of the one I like just in case mm, they break. I know. I, yeah, when I discovered sneakers, I bought, I don't know, 12 pairs oh of Oh my God, these sneakers. are the best. You have to get these. They're called Saucony Jazz, but they, if you go onto the ASOS website, they actually come up on the wide fit search, <gasps> and they are actually wide fit, and they're so <gasps> comfortable, and they've come in all different colours. And that's why it's so important what you do, like yeah. because it's well, we know fashion is like inherently like a capitalist yeah. thing, and you know it's not the most you know in depth, uh, you know, yeah. but it becomes it's such a big part of your life, especially when you're a teenager. It is. It's a huge part of your life. And also, it's really funny you should say that because I often feel incredibly torn about whether or not, like, I'm doing the right thing. Like, I I basically went to university doing human rights and religious studies. That was what I did my degree in. So, yeah, basically I'm more for human rights. (laughs) And sometimes I think when I'm doing, like, fast, you know, fast fashion pieces and I'm working with brands that, you know, sell fast fashion and they're on the lower range of price... I do have to like think, oh God, like am I like a bad person for doing this? And and then mm-hmm. in the same breath, I think it's really hard and it's a completely different experience being plus size mm-hmm. or fat and having to navigate the world and find fashion. Like we, it's not as accessible to us. So like, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think the reason why I promote it and it's just like, I can't always contribute to finding stuff in charity shops. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I try, but there might be one thing out yeah. of, all of it <laughs> that yeah. will fit me and yeah as much as I want to do that sometimes it's a bit harder than yeah it's, than it's, there's a lot of discussion about you know ethical clothing and stuff yeah. and I I feel like I can of course completely agree yeah. with it and understand it and would support it but I mean then I'm I don't think we as fat people are in any kind of position That's to it. start excluding anything because 
I'll be left with nothing. Yeah, it's been I mean, I do, I do, I do call out. I mean, I do when I say call out brands, but I do like message the PR and ask them like if it's been, you know, mm. there was something recently um, with a brand, and I emailed them and said like, can I just ask like what the situation was and got the explanation because morally, I feel like I've got a responsibility to yeah. do that. But exactly what you said, if you start cutting out everything, I'd literally be like, oh, black bin bag for yeah. me then. Yeah. But it's it is really hard, and I think in the whole blogging industry, you do have to find your, who you are and set what morals you believe in and, mm. and it's okay to change and develop but your core beliefs have to remain the same yeah you know you can't just you can't just be like okay I'll change my mind now I'm going to do this and then ignore the whole demographic of your readership and what they believe in and mm. and why they follow you if that makes sense so I always I'm quite cautious of not cautious of that but it does mean a lot to me yeah. I've got such a really beautiful relationship with my readers like yeah. in a yeah in a really weird way like so? I just think they're like my friends it's like really lame and like they're probably all thinking like what the hell are you talking about but like <laughs> on my Instagram stories like I'm quite open and I mm. like do a lot of videos with my husband Dan and like um I always try and he get back like to people guy, oh my god he's the best man in the world Aww. he really is he's so lovely um but like I'm I like to mesh people back and like chat with them and like you know little things like I always ask people advice on like what what kind of how do you stop your cat weeing on a rug like my <laughs> rug gate I called it recently basically my cat weed on my rug my brand new rug 20 times no. and it was just like days and days of me going back and forth people like they were recommending me every type of like thing like from herbs and different types of like special chemicals and how to stop them doing it and behavioral I was like oh my god and that they're all just always there for me and I think I just love that about them yeah. and that's why I always try and you know be understanding and and reply you know and get back to them because yeah you know I don't want to just be a person that's there and that people like follow and then don't engage with um and equally I I wanted to be like when I came into the industry being a blogger I think people think it's very aspirational but and I like that I mean I understand that need for it but also I want people to leave my Instagram page not thinking that they need to be more but that they already have enough mm very cheesy that but no I but do you know what I mean I, I don't totally get yeah you want well I'm I'm bad at well not it sounds no I'm not gonna say I'm bad at answering but I don't I don't answer for a long time and sometimes I don't answer me too but it is a it's a busyness thing you know, oh like, yeah for sure 100% you know, yeah like, I can't I, get through all of them yeah I mean I get a lot but it's just as much as I can exactly and sometimes it'll be five months and I'll go thank you and sometimes I'll have to have some like a copy pasting of going like the same excuse like I'm so sorry but it's I'm just busy. but I read all of it and I oh, love me it. too I read all I of them I love them because it says so much and it's and like a, if you want to be really narcissistic about it I think it says a lot about you like if your oh. followers are lovely people like I have the coolest well I have the coolest followers you know and they tell me their stories and things that they've done and that they're proud of having done and ah oh, if that's the people who follow me oh I mean, you can have as many haters as you want because that. You know what? I always say this, and like, there, I get. A, I mean, I get a lot of abuse actually. Some, well, not all the time, but I have had some quite intense experiences of abuse. Um, like my most recent was when I was on my honeymoon. I got some nasty people like picking on pictures of me when I was on my honeymoon, Jesus. and um, one man found a picture of me in my wedding dress and then said that I looked like I'd been greased into it. And I actually saw it on the flight on the way back home when I got into the Gatwick Airport. Um, I had no signal. My battery died. And then I opened my phone when I got home and I just immediately started crying. And I was I was freezing and I just got back from Mexico. So I was just like, I'm in the UK and my honeymoon's over. And, uh, and it really upset me. And I, 
I often like I think to myself, oh, Kelly, like you had so many nice comments about your wedding. Everyone was so kind. Everyone's always so kind to you. And that one person says something, and it sticks in your brain. It's like it's like a piece of chewing gum, and you just cannot get it off. Mm. And it really annoys me that I give airtime to it. But equally, I have to call it out sometimes mm. because why should they be able to say the things they say and get mm. away with it? Mm. And it's like everyone says, "Oh, don't feed the trolls." And mm. I try and I I try and not even look at people as trolls anymore because they don't look at me as a human. Mm. And if I don't look at them as a human, how am I ever going to get them to look at me as a human being? I, I read something where they said that um, calling them trolls would play in their favor. What yeah. you had to call it was abuse and stalking. Yeah, because that's what it is. Well, it, it often is. Yeah. Like it often, you know, even when um, I got married and I was featured in. Um, online in different places and things and um I was obviously th- I had lots of nice comments so I was reading some of them and I was just even then I had comments about my dress and people saying one one person which actually Dan read this comment and was absolutely raging but um some man said oh she looks nice and everything but her husband will be burying her in 10 years time and then things like that and you're just <sighs> like oh it yeah and then you just think wow you you really are vile because yeah. like they don't actually think I'm a person that will read that and I was hysterical crying about that mm. I didn't even speak about that on the internet to be honest there's some things actually I think probably probably I did but um it did it really hurt me it really really hurt yeah. me and it hurts Dan because he is like he doesn't understand where like he doesn't understand it and yeah. obviously like for me to deal with like to sit there and cry he doesn't know he doesn't know how to fix it and yeah. he often goes on mad rampages like he's got been on rampages before he like replied to people on the daily mail and they won't even publish his comment Ugh, it's crazy <sighs> i'm just but yeah, yeah i'm just saying to dan like don't i i try not read it now because yeah. i feel like that's like a safety net yeah. like i think don't read it and then you won't put yourself in a position to Yeah, to put yourself there. I think there's a power in not reading it. Like, a, it's annoying because then you don't get to read the good things. But there is a power in going. Like, I just hi- not hired, but I just had two friends uh, take over my Facebook page to just ban people, so that I wouldn't even have to read it. Yeah, which is a, it feels powerful because I'm not, I'm not reading it. Like what you said doesn't get to me, and that's all you want. You just want to hurt me. But I found one thing that I realized because I've, I've just been under a massive attack, like a big really? troll attack. Was yeah. it since you said the Leonardo DiCaprio yeah, tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The famous Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, and Pierce, I've seen that and everywhere. Pierce Morgan was angry and whatever. But <sighs> I, re- I found out one thing about that whole. I, I found out. One, I found a lot of things about myself. I found out that I don't care anymore. Like literally, oh. it's. I reached a point now where I couldn't. I, their words don't bother me at all. Yeah. What bothers me is the stupidity. It really annoys me because it indicates that they think that I'm stupid. Yeah. None of them have called me stupid, but it's with, it's implicit in them like, trying Saying to explain it. to me that I'm wrong. Like, oh, fuck up. Anyways, what I realized was, because then a lot of people in my life found out that this was happening and everyone tried to say nice things to me and everyone meant well. Most people would say, like, don't bother about, like, don't worry about them and fuck them. Like, they're, they're stupid. Like, don't even listen to them. And all of that kind of felt like... It's not really working. It just feels a bit shitty for some reason. Yeah, so It's easy to say fuck them because it's in your life now. What helped was the few people. uh, There was a guy I dated who said, um, keep going. Let's just keep going. This is a good sign. Keep Keep going. going. Keep Do not stop. Do not even consider stopping. And I was like, yeah, that feels good. Yeah, you know what? A lot of people have, um, they went. 
when I've been in the daily been in the Daily Mail, which is wild in itself. But mm-hmm. they do write sometimes articles like they wrote one about my honeymoon, and it was like blogger bullied on honeymoon, <sighs> um, and um, like a lot of people were like said, you know what? When people when you have something important to say, when people like that mm. are against you, surely you must be saying something right. Mm. And that's even today, like with my anxiety about the whole election thing, it's like I've made a conscious choice to put myself out there and put my political views on the internet. And I have basically, people have said to me previously, when during when I spoke about Brexit, like you should stick to fashion blogging. And I'm just, I just feel like maybe that this path of blogging led me somewhere because I have a voice and I feel like I should use it the right yeah. way. Yeah, I'm not saying everyone has to do that, but I just feel like that's what's led me where I am. Yeah. And I always thought I would be working in some charity. Or I, I thought, I didn't know what I really wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something to help people. And, you know, some people might think putting yourself on the internet in clothes or in your bikini isn't helping, but mm. I know it is. I, oh, yeah. I know it is because there are girls and women that write to me, like young girls as well, as young as 13, 14. And I always think, I wish I had someone to look up to when I was a kid because maybe I wouldn't have such a complicated relationship with food if I did because I think that is often what it is we we look at fat people and we're like you're so disgusting you're greedy you're this you're that and I think it's because I am fat because of the the way I viewed food and myself my whole life and on and off your diets all the time has made me put on weight has messed up my metabolism has caused me to have all sorts of problems and I just think if we start from the bottom and teach young girls to love themselves and teach them to respect themselves, and if we give them role models that aren't afraid to talk about things like politics and about body image and about things that are uncomfortable and people think you shouldn't talk about that, then we're going to have a better future for kids and for women. I just, I don't know, it's just something that I'm glad that I'm doing and I'm not, I'm not frightened of doing it, even if it means I have to cry every six months. <laughs> it's worth the tears, babes. I'm nodding furiously. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The thing you're saying is so <laughs> unfine. It's so true. Yeah. And it is... So, because regardless of what your job would be, there's your saying, sticks to fashion blogging, because that's what you do. You could have been... You could have been an actual politician with, like, a PhD in politics studies, <laughs> and they would still have said, oh, yeah, you should stick to uh, to the kitchen, or whatever. Yeah. What they're saying, what they're all... Every single troll or abuser we've mm. ever encountered, they're all saying the same thing. They're saying, shut up. It's yeah. the one thing they're saying. They don't disagree yeah. with us. They don't disagree with our views. They don't even necessarily think the things that they're saying. What they're, what they're angry about is the fact that we are speaking. Yeah, it's the, saying it's anything. The, like a really essential thing that how dare you speak when I, man... <laughs> I'm mad. It is mostly mad. Weirdly oh, yeah. enough, do you know though, we do, I do actually get sometimes. It's not like direct abuse from women, but um, on like featured pages and things. I'm pretty sure Bethany spoke about this potentially on her. I can't remember now. It's been spoken about somewhere, but basically, when I get featured on um, pages like by brands and stuff, I often mm. get women saying, "This isn't flattering. You you shouldn't wear this. Fat people shouldn't wear this. I'm plus size and I wouldn't wear this." And oh. I feel again, it's education. It comes down to them not understanding why they're entitled to look away. Exactly. Why they're entitled to wear what they want it's to internalized. It's internalized. Yeah, we gotta, for sure. We got And this, I couldn't help but this. This made me laugh because I started a, a Danish fat acceptance organization. All right. Quite political and quite semi-aggressive and like we call ourselves anti-capitalist and obesity glorifying just to be like really like this is like to just put it out there yeah just put it out there and there's a there's this woman who's made a youtube channel just to pick on us and it is the funniest thing because 
So I was like, oh god, it's, gonna, it's like an eight-minute-long video, okay. and it's called like the problem with this organization. And I thought, oh, I can't. And you can't, in your head, you like, you know what she's gonna say. It's unhealthy, blah blah blah. But the whole the whole video was her saying, uh, why they shouldn't have to worry about losing weight because it's actually really easy what I had to do and then she told the, an eight minute story about how she lost weight and it was clearly like the biggest thing that ever happened to her it was clearly like she kept mentioning how much she'd lost yeah. how she did it and she said it in such a way of like I'm gonna have to admit I used to be fat and you, were just, you could just tell how this was like oh my gosh it was she'd been told you have to be thin to be worthy. Yeah. And then she had put herself through hell. We've tried dieting. It's not fun. Uh, and everyone then she put asked. herself through hell. And now she's thin. And now she, and she's still not happy. So she has to talk yeah. about it all the time. It's like this big thing. Like, the thing is as well, like I, I think it's very hard to address problem, like to address the issues with like dieting and stuff. And it's like, I sometimes feel that I can't, I can't expect eloquently say this, but it's very hard to explain to someone how much mental mental torture goes into dieting, mm. and how it never really leaves you. In mm. a way, in a, in a yeah. this might sound exaggerated, but when I think back to the kind of times that I used to cry watching, like like Biggest Loser, or you know, mm. there was one which was like Fat Families, and it you know I'd watch program after program, and I used to you know throw everything out in my house out of the cupboards, mm. and oh, I God, yeah. I would um, put soap on the soap on the you. food and put a yeah. fit picture of myself looking really disgusting on the fridge, yeah. and you know all of all of those things, yeah. and um, being convinced I'm never going to be in love, and having people actually say that to me, yeah. um, you're never going to meet a man, <laughs> like you know yeah. all those sorts of or things. Even worse, they accept it when you say it. Oh, I want because I want to meet a boyfriend they go oh yeah good good so when are you going to go to the gym yeah. they're just accepting that as yeah well. and all the whole time I think I've used to just accept it all and think it was normal and now I realise it's so not normal mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not against people doing what they want to do with their bodies I believe in body autonomy and you do what you want but I just I just wish we had a healthier approach to, to it like actually some one of the very first comments I made on Bethany Bethany made a piece online and I, and I at the time when I first started so I went from writing some in the city and I merged it into from the corners of the curve which is my blog and that my first thing was like I'm still on a health journey and da 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 and then Bethany said something which was quite profound which was like you can't like you can't really lose weight if you're not in a good place like you can't lose weight from hatred like as in mm. she didn't mean it like that because I know she's very yeah, anti that but yeah, I mean yeah. in the sense of like you if you still very much hate yourself and don't believe that you deserve to be who you are, okay, right now, this is as I am. Mm. What, how are you yeah. ever meant to make, and, and I'm not talking about weight loss change, I mean any positive changes in your life. Like, I've had, to, I've had to stop myself from, you know, being, talking in, pe- when people talk about diets, I can't, I don't want to chat about it all the time. Mm. Like, I just, I understand it. And I, and there are times when I'm like, I've actually been unwell and I'm like, okay, I've got really bad IBS, I've got bad problems and all that. I'm like, maybe I need to like, think about changing the way I view myself, the way I have a relationship with food. But I also am very passionate about believing in the institution of dieting and institution of dieting, that's not a thing. <laughs> but the way the whole world is obsessed with it and makes it all 
like it's the most important thing in the world yeah. and it's, it's just not it's just absolutely yeah. not who you are as a person and how good you are how kind you are that, that's surely got me more uh, you'd think so I, wouldn't it I just think what I found really striking was I only realised this a while I mean I think I knew it but I only realised it just like very recently was the answer and no one ever tells you this the answer to everything all your problems is doing something that's good you know, because we learn, you know, if you want to be happy, you have to do these horrible things. You have to, like, force yeah. yourself to go to the gym and eat th- stuff you don't want to eat. And the answer has always been, it will always be something that's nice. It'll always be, yeah. give yourself a hug. Tell yourself you're amazing. Mm. Be very kind to yourself. Hang out with friends who make you smile. Laugh a lot. Like, all yeah, the, all the good but things. But no one makes money off of those no. things. So that's why they have to force us to buy a specific mascara or whatever. But, so we are not used to the answer being a good thing yeah it has to be a torturous thing like oh what do I have to go through now to get to this point people often say I do it because I've got a goal and it's Mm. like that's that's like at least they've got a focal point for why they're doing it but I think it comes down to just like self-respect and like loving yourself but in all aspects as well like you know respecting yourself when you're not mentally well as well and I think people don't address that they think that you know I was really mentally unwell I was like when I was doing Simming in the City <laughs> I love that. I honestly thought I was like Carrie Bradshaw like Slimming in the City the best <laughs> name ever um but like I was addicted to laxatives I was like I was trying to lose weight but I and I was vomiting oil like because I I you know I was really unwell and my and my husband at the time boyfriend Dan was just like I would cancel we wouldn't go for dinner I'd be like because I because I used to do like weight washers and all the rest of it and count the points and I'd be like can't have can't eat that many points and oh I've eaten this and I used to cry and just yeah very like I I 100% know I've got disordered eating I've had it since Mm. I was a kid um and yeah it's just it's been very difficult and to find like a way to like get past it was to find a community and mm-hmm. I just always urge women men as well to find communities where they feel supported and understood and yeah. to challenge like the things that we're told yeah. that are so normal but they're not actually normal they're not good yeah so would you say you still have to solid eating yeah it's, it's hard cause I, I do I don't see it ever really leaving me because if I eat a salad it's so complicated I have to be in a very specific place in my head before just eating a salad all of a sudden it all comes back like it'll come back suddenly I know the calories in every single piece of food that I could imagine and Oh, and you just like a a salad it's almost like a drug you go oh well I've had a salad so maybe I'll I could skip lunch because then I might be able to reach a point where I've only had 300 calories for the whole yeah, day yeah it's bad I should get I should, I should buy some scales again and I should <laughs> and like it goes from from like that to that yeah. I feel like a tuna salad to oh okay I'll never eat again and I'll be miserable <laughs> I think my disordered eating is linked to like not necessarily like, I don't ever like do diet plans or anything but like I'll sort of be obsessed about like a I can't. I don't know how to say it, but like I would get obsessed with like the salad situation or something, and then think, yeah, I need to eat this to feel good. And, of, and often when I do like eat well, I don't say I eat well because it's just, there's no such thing as bad yeah. or good food. But if I think I'd be like eating well to meat and salad, like it convinces you. Do, you do go back in the mindset yeah. and you start thinking all these things, yeah. and then you're like. Oh. But at the same time, I try and apply intuitive eating to my life now. Yeah, but so, so hard. It's very hard. Because be my intuitive eating is I want to eat all day long. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's so hard because you kind of go, okay, c- come on, buddy. What do you feel what do you like? Feel like? <laughs> and it goes, 
who are you? Like, we've never had a conversation before. That's it. You go, no, 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 it's me. We've, you've been my body for 28 years. And it goes, yeah, but you don't, you've never cared about me. You've never asked me a question. You've yeah. never, I've, I tried to give you signals for the first, like, 15 years of your life. Yeah. And you did not listen once. Yeah. So why that, should we... And that's the thing, like, I often think, and I'm, I'm a person that, like, I stress eat, right? And I have really bad anxiety. Oh, right, And yeah. suffer terribly with it. And, um, like, today I feel really anxious right now. <laughs> I'm, like, and I get, like, a pit of like an ache in my stomach and I feel unnerved and edgy yeah. and I often will turn to food when that happens yeah yeah and also my husband Dan just can eat whatever he wants and never put weight on so it's just like and then I feel bad for him because oh god our nine years relationships has, has been like I'm not like that like when we first got together mm. I was doing something can't have that I want that today can't have that I need that today oh and it's god. like he just literally must be like oh god's sake like, it must be it's hard. it is it's like hard I remember, like, my, my first boyfriend, when I was, like, really hating myself, when I was 16, 17, 18, that year, uh, he would just, like, he would, every single day, he would have to say, if only you saw yourself as just half as beautiful as I see you, Aww. you wouldn't feel, and I would just be like, you don't get it, you're just lying, and yeah. you're just, oh, oh, God. Oh, my God, that was, like, not, um bit too in depth but actually it's, it, I'll say it it's mm. fine when I first met Dan I didn't take my clothes off in front of him for six months mm, I was I lost my virginity when I was 16 but I was 22 the first time I was naked in front of a man oh and that God. was after having had a three year relationship with someone that's crazy yeah isn't it isn't it mad like I used to remember um, when it fit like <laughs> it's so bad but it used to, I used to literally stay with my t-shirt on in bed and I just was just so, and it was like every time after we had sex, it was just like, just the lights had to be off. And I was like, don't look at me. And it was, he was just like, I'm, mm, I don't understand what's happening. And it, it was all very awkward at the beginning. And then like, I, I remember just feeling like one day, it was every morning if, like, I'd wake up and I'd be like, I just don't want you to see me. And he was like, Kelly, I, I actually know what you look like. And real, like, realistically, mm. let's be honest with this. I am not any slimmer with clothes on. So, I mean... If anything, I'm maybe a little bit trimmer <laughs> with them off. But, um, like, he was just like, you, you, I love you just exactly who you are. And then even that, I was like, shut up, don't care. Yeah. Like, you don't, it doesn't, you, you know what, it's all in your head. That's what I always yeah. say. I'm like, it, even when I say stuff, like, some of my readers are like, no, I'm sorry, I don't feel like that. Yeah. And it's like, it is actually all in your head. But it's kind of like surrounding yourself with positive voices and positive images and stuff like that that you wouldn't normally see. And confronting your own thoughts because some of the most of the thoughts are so deep within you like I'll I, I can still to, I, I had like a minor tiny 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 fashion breakthrough yesterday because I found like trousers on ASOS and I heard myself say out loud in my head oh you can't wear trousers and I caught that thought and I was like that's a thing you think is that a thought you've had? I know. And it was a f- 28. I've been in the, the body positivity thing for like years and years, and I've never caught that thought in my head before. So I bought them and I wore them, and I had to like look at myself wearing them in the mirror, going, "You can wear this." And it's such a tiny thought, you know. It's such, and, and then sometimes you even have to challenge yes. it and go, you know. So like in terms of sex, I had sex with a guy, and I, I kept saying to myself, "No, no, no." Like, don't worry, he likes you. Like, he knows how you look. He, he expected you to look like this with your mm. clothes off. Like, he, surely this is okay for him. And he looks happy. He looks to be quite content. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a good thing. Like, yeah. there's nothing bad about this. You're completely naked. Everything's fine. And then I had to push that one third further and go, 
maybe like, even if you didn't like it it's not your fucking problem yeah oh you my could, god so you could be actually hating it right now don't give a shit you love you you think you're great. yeah that's a whole new level of you know it is actually one of the first um ever like interviews i did was with the times magazine when i did wow. a shoot with evans and they were asking questions and they asked me about my relationships and i, I said i had a boyfriend and i said to the the reporter oh when i first met my boyfriend i thought that he was a chubby chaser and that was the only reason why he liked me and they actually put that on the front cover of the bloody mag oh. well of my section and i was just like oh my god like I, i'll never oh. it's just it's just there for me to look at forever but it's true at the time i did think that i used to think well he must only fancy me because he only likes fat women and only likes plus size women and actually when i look at his past girlfriends they've been like size 6 size 14 and then when I first met then I was like size 18 20 um and it's like actually I don't know if people believe this but you can actually like someone on who they are and not just when they look like and he was just always like he always laughed and it actually annoyed him quite a bit actually because he was it, it is a bit dis- almost disrespectful to assume that of somebody especially someone that you really care about and mm-hmm. that you know I'm literally married to him now so it's like yeah. pretty sure <laughs> You like, you like I him like, quite a lot. I like him a bit, yeah, he's all right. <laughs> but it's also just from experience, experience, like when you've met enough people who mm. fetishized you, you end up going, you're probably one of them. Like, why would you... <laughs> yeah. you, you don't want to just open yourself up and be completely vulnerable. Yeah. To, like, that's why there's that whole... Uh, what do you call that? Like a... Because, um, like, the... the stereotype about the fat woman who's, like, defensive. Yeah. And, like, angry and, like, oh, don't come near me. Because... I, why would I let you come near me? Like yeah. there's like hundreds of you on Twitter calling me a fat bitch. Like why would I trust that you're not one of them? Or mm. people who like kiss you and then they turn to their friends and laugh and you go, ah, oh, fuck. You don't want that to happen. Mm. I've actually had girls leave comments on my Instagram on pictures of me and Dan and write things like, how am I still single? Dot, dot, dot. Um, it's because you're an asshole, babes. Yeah, that, I okay. think you just answered your own question. <laughs> Sorry to put it out there and uh, ruin that for you, but it's because you're not a nice person and that's why you're still single but it's so funny and it's just it gets on my nerves and I'm just like oh it's it's just it's just absolute madness how people react and yeah as if I can't have an attractive boyfriend because I'm fat (laughs) okay like it's just the weirdest thing so what happened how did you was there a clear moment not not with your boyfriend (laughs) not like but how I meant in terms of body positivity like when did you like, do you remember the first time you encountered it? Like, did you... Yeah, so that was... Actually, I just recently am doing something with Marina Rinaldi, which is a designer, plus a designer brand in Milan. They're amazing. Wait, what? Are you designing... No, 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 no. I'm just doing... Oh, um, it was they, a, a camp, designer. It's, a, it's an A designer in uh, Milan called Marina Rinaldi. Oh. They're part of the Max Mara group, so... Um, it's great to have an option for women to have designer clothes like fat women because obviously it's not yeah. something that we're afforded to most of the time. Yeah. But basically they've got a campaign called The Turning Point and it's about sharing a moment that changed your life. Amazing. I actually wrote about it in The Guardian as well years Amazing. ago, about two years ago now. And it was like a moment that changed me. And the moment was actually sitting down to Google plus, um, plus size swimwear. I had a book and I've still got it and I've put a picture up on the internet a couple of years ago. And in the front page it says, must lose weight because I don't want to be a massive fatty on the beach. And it was a diet a book that I was writing down all my meal plans in. And I had a holiday book to Barbados with Dan, my husband. And um, I was like, oh, I need to lose weight. Like, I was just desperate to lose weight. And um, I 
remember I had my appendix, I had my appendicitis, I had appendix removed. And I remember coming out of the surgery, standing in the mirror in my hallway in my old shared flat, looking in the mirror and thinking, oh, I'm kind of glad I had my appendix removed because I've lost loads of weight. Because I was in hospital for three days, extended time, because I was unwell. And I lost, like, probably about a stone, I think, in those, like, in, like, less than a week I lost a stone because I was unwell for a whole week. And I remember thinking that, thinking oh so great being unwell and <laughs> losing all this weight and then I was like panicking and I was at this point I'd already had written my blog and I'd sort of been just useless it. and um I didn't have long left of the holiday and I had no swimwear mm. and I was like what am I gonna do um I used to wear this one black swimming costume that I got from Evans and I, I'd wore that on holiday with Dan before and it like it damaged it was ruined and damaged and I was like I need to find it so I searched plus size swimwear and then Gabby Greg's blog popped up and he, she had a blog post and I remember the blog post it was where she was in Vegas she was wearing a high-waisted electric pink bikini and nice. I literally was like what is this like what world have I come into and I must have read a blog for about three hours I just went page to page to page wow. and she was like same size as me at the time probably about size 20 um and I just was like, this is madness. This doesn't exist. Like, what? Like, my whole life I thought that, like, I could only shop at Evans and I saw that there was a world people were talking about plus size fashion. And it just, it was like a slow, it was almost like I had, like, a really tight corset on me and slowly I was unravelling it and I was like, (sighs) each time. And it's like a weird, like, thing to say, but it really, really helped me. And then I think within a week, I got rid of Sim in the city and then I changed my blog to From the Corners of the Curve. And I was sat down with my friend Anthony and we were chatting about what I should call it. And we came up with From the Corners of the Curve because there's no like there's no end to a curve you can you can make whatever you want do you know what I mean there's no it's a curve there's like there's no yeah direction to it you can yeah it doesn't really make sense really when I think (laughs) about it but whatever it sounds great so um and I just thought then and I just started actually I I decided to just read up, up on the politics behind it and I really got into it and um yeah I just always and that's when I kind of stumbled on Twitter and then Twitter's like just the best because you meet all great people and then I started to get invited to events and that's when I did something with Evans at the beginning and then did an interview with the Times magazine and it kind of went from there really yeah so it's been a bit it's definitely been a wild five years it's five years in July I think since I started my blog and when I think back to the fact that I had a blog called Slimming in the City which was basically a blog all about um how much I hated myself and how I should eat like food that basically I used to make this thing which was called which was like it's called Scanbran and it's like essentially cardboard I'm not exaggerating it's like cardboard and I used to make um fake Rovi- a fake um Ferrero Rocher with it I used to crush it oh up and God. mix it with like one teaspoon of Nutella and roll oh. them into balls and that, I was just thinking it was, like, it was like recipes like that on there and stuff and just a lot of me saying how much I just didn't like myself and stuff oh, wow. um, and like promising to be don't worry I'll, yeah yeah well I thought I did the blog because I wanted accountability for my yeah, like I was always, like I was yeah, like if yeah. I tell the world yeah. then I will definitely lose weight but actually oh, like I'll throw out all of my clothes so, only, so now I have to lose weight so I can <laughs> that's oh, great God. people do that though yeah, people do that yeah yeah I think I have actually or I bought feel. a dress that's way too small you can't fit into yeah it's really expensive and like oh, yeah no, I have to do this though. that was one thing that with my wedding dress that I was quite like pride of myself for because I felt a lot of pressure throughout the wedding at different various stages to lose weight because 
like the wedding industry is literally like obsessed with weight loss there is yeah. no corner it's of almost it like, a, 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 like that's it almost comes with the thing this thing yeah 100% and um I went in and tried my dress and I found it the dream dress I put it on and I was the same size the day I put it on and I was exactly the same size as I wore it mm, nice. and I made the choice like I went up and down I told even my readers I said there was times when I like thought I'm going to try and lose weight and I literally went through like one week of being like okay uh, mm. I'll try to lose weight this week and the, I was just like Kelly like why are you doing this to yourself like yeah. you, it's not this is not a good thing like to do this you have to punish yourself to make yourself like you've read one thing on Pinterest and now you're back to square one again it's like mm. you you you're better than this that's what I literally had to say to myself and I never felt more beautiful on my wedding day in my entire life ever and um yeah just and I wore a really tight fitting dress like I, I went against the grain like because obviously when you read like Pinterest articles it's like the best um the best wedding dress is for curvy body and it's like oh and everyone sort of you know it does say <laughs> to wear a line yeah, yeah, yeah black wedding dress <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny um but like a line and nothing too tight fitting yeah. I went for like a Kim Kardashian trumpet dress it like went ah. in and out at the hips and yeah you know I had it it was low cut it was v-neck it was like you know and I just felt great and yeah you know there's pictures of me at different funny angles where I think my arm looks big but my arms are big so what do you expect but when I look at those photos I just see like just how much me and Dan like will love each other and like when when I walked down the aisle he was crying his eyes out he was absolutely bawling and I've got a picture of it and I'm like oh he's so cute yeah he and he like said he like when we left we had a minute by ourselves before everyone you know we went downstairs and then we went to a reception venue and he was like I've just absolutely never seen a woman more beautiful than you I was like Dan he's like the best ever love him but yeah, it makes you really feel quite strong about the situation. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You can overcome all these amazing obstacles in life. Like yeah. before we got married, when we actually got engaged, we traveled for five weeks around Thailand and Cambodia. And I just absolutely loved it. And I was so scared because I thought I, I didn't want to do anything. I thought I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And it just goes to show that like you, you should never put any hindrances on your life and assume you can't do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my moment because I, I haven't thought of it since it happened. But because you told me your moment, I just remembered reading an article. It was, this is, puts me in a really bad light, but that's where your mind goes. Uh, I was reading an article about a woman who had survived. Was it like an, a a, natu- a nature disaster or something? Natural was, disaster. Yeah, so it was like a tsunami or a, a an earthquake, and it was like she was telling the story about how. She'd been trapped under some rocks, or like she'd been nearly oh drowned, God. or like this is a horrible thing. And I looked at her and I thought, well, she's skinny, so what's her problem? <gasps> I remember great, just, yeah. And it was, and I just heard myself like, oh, whoa, really? You'd rather be in a in a natural disaster and be skinny than be you having a great life or be fat? And that was the moment I went. Okay, this is not. Yeah. This is not okay. No, honestly. And that's the thing, like, you do think those things. Like, when I was, um, when we went to Thailand, we were in, went to this little island and we got like a, we got a boat over there and then you could hire kayaks. And it was a cloudy day and it was, we were quite bored. We were like, oh, what's it to do? And Dan was like, let's get a kayak. And I was like, no. Mm. no way I was like are you joking me no way he was like Kelly why not and I, he was like what you're gonna sit he basically was like you're gonna sit on this beach like in silence because we had nothing with us because we come on a boat we had like no phone nothing um obviously no internet nothing and I was just like oh, I don't want to go on it I won't fit in it mm. and he was like he was like you can either get up and try or you can sit here and be miserable 
And mm. I was like, okay. So we got up. I got in the kayak. The Thai man laughed at me, 100% laughing at me. But I, you know, he was nice and like he helped me in. And he was like, he he'd said, uh, he was like, bigger person at, at the back because you have to, I don't know what the rule is, but basically you have to yeah. be a bigger person at the back. And it was the best day ever. One of the best days of my life. We, like, I was fine. The kayak stayed afloat. We like kayaked all around these little islands and like we went snorkeling and it was just absolutely amazing. And then I thought to myself, like if Dan wasn't there to support me to do that, I would have stayed on the beach and I wouldn't have saw all these things. And then the next day he proposed to me, so that was pretty. Actually, it was the same day, possibly. It was amazing, but yeah, it does make you sort of think. Oh, you just have to let yourself have the have the things. Yeah. You have to let yourself have the happy moments. Like, just because you're big doesn't mean you 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 have to hinder your life in any way. Yeah. And do you realize? Like, do you fully, one hundred percent realize that we're in a position right now where the media doesn't give a fuck about us? Even like the mm. inclusive media doesn't really care about fat people. There's a lot. A, a, a many fractions within like the feminist yeah. movement, the intersectional feminist movement politics like fat people are not represented and we're not really cared for so you 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 are one of the big reasons why people start loving themselves like are you fully aware of how many people mm. because of your blog because of your instagram because of all these things that sound it sounds so superficial yeah i just like, that's why I'm, yeah but it's like it's it's no it's, it's do you can you even fully comprehend how I, important it is? The thing is, I can because I was a reader of another person. That I came on Gabby's blog. Like me and Gabby are friends now, and like I always like sing her praises because Gabby's also a black woman. So you know what to take up space as a black woman. Like the thing is, I worry about myself being you know at the forefront of it is that I need to also give space to black women black fat Mm. women that also need space they need Mm. to have a voice and sometimes I even think am I taking up too much space by doing this Mm. and then it's a step you know Mm. it's something I'm working on and finding a way to be to put put forward yeah you know, be an intersectional feminist, basically. Yeah. I didn't even... Do you know what? This is the thing. I didn't even know what intersectional feminism was until I came on the internet. And that's yeah, the I don't think I've, think I've heard it a, less than a year ago. That's that's what I mean. Like, yeah. a lot of it... A lot of what I am, who I am, and what I've learned is from what I've learned on the internet, which is mm. probably people think is backwards, but it's actually mm. not because I've learned how to speak to people. I've learned mm. how to use language in the right way. Mm. I've learned to be okay with being liberal and left-wing I've you know in regards to the fact that everyone's against a lot of people are against that but you know and those are things that I've learned from being online and I think people are very anti-online sometimes I think it's all superficial for yourself selfies mean nothing and I'm just like I love it when I see a girl have to take a selfie because yeah. I'm just oh, like you know what yes. babes go for it like yes. I love and I absolutely live for walking past um girls when they oh. look amazing and just like especially other girls like oh, other fat yeah. girls I'm just oh like you look God. so fit you look Do you buff feel I often have that when I see like a, a fat woman who like is wearing a strong color oh a bright I, lip I just wanna, love it I just want to like oh what's your twitter yeah <laughs> why do you exist like how have I not heard of you yeah. like, like, no it's, it's you just wanna, like, yeah no it is oh, it's amazing so, also, I actually meet quite a few people and um, met a few of my readers actually I actually it's amazing but when we went to Thailand I met one of my readers in Thailand they, um, she took her name was Jan and she took Dan and I around Bangkok oh wow it was amazing and I also <sighs> another another reader in um, Cambodia as well um, who so her and her 
um, now fiance, Yut, Sarah and Yut, they took us all like the local places in Cambodia and um, like Yut tried to explain to me because I had a lot of um, people, like she had people grab me in Cambodia, grab my skin and mm. like point and laugh and take pictures of me and I was really, really distraught and actually yeah. we went for dinner that night when this night that happened, it, the incident happened when I was at a waterfall in the in the waterfall pool and there was like like four men at the front just like filming me and Jesus. I was like, and Dan was like, he again lost it, he was like, stop staring like yeah. I was walking up the steps and they were grabbing me and it was just insane and yeah, explained to me, he was like, you know, in Cambodia, like if you're big, you're seen as wealthy oh. and it's a wealth thing and they like you haven't they haven't seen people like poverty is still very extreme in Cambodia. And to have another perspective really helped me open my eyes and it's yeah. like I'm not excusing people's behaviour in any way, shape or form, but it is a cultural thing and sometimes you do have to realise. Um but also about getting past those moments and not letting yeah. them affect you and well, it's so weird isn't it because I did a gig in uh, in South Africa and this very very tiny club and and the majority of the audience were, were black South Africans and and I did my usual stuff of going oh hey you know how people hate fat people and they were like no I was like oh, what <laughs> what is that not a, is that not a is thing that here, a, is that a thing here? They were like, no that's not a, I was like oh Oh, I guess I'm moving to South Africa then. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> such a, and I think I, I, I kind of went in, because I assumed it was there because I'd heard uh, another comic do material about wanting to lose weight. So I just assumed, oh, here we go again. It's that, But it had been a whole other situation. And I was doing my, ah, oh, fat people, we're okay. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> we know. It's so funny. I love <laughs> so, that. So that's like the opposite. There is power in it. And yeah. there's for sure. And I mean, I often think that Every time you say something, everything has meaning. Everything mm. has a everything you do has a purpose. And I just think, go forward with yourself. He's go forward with your bad self. Wait, wherever you want, and like, I know I'm just developing all the time as a person, and yeah. just like, and being in different places helps you learn about other people and yeah. how they work and why they work. And I have to like, I used to be a judgmental person. Like I used to think when I was fat, there were people fat than me, and I'd be like, I'd never be that fat. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. now I look at someone bigger than me and think I am so privileged because I will get treated better than you and now it's a different way I look at it and then like yeah and you do feel like going oh oh you you speak you know yeah literally I'm gonna give you more room because you get less room than I do like it's just like a natural thing that we just have to (laughs) we have to do it because I mean the 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 I do struggle a little bit on the internet sometimes with um calling out people like I'm a person that likes to take it to take it to the dms and talk to people about stuff but i think we have a nature of calling out people in a way which maybe doesn't engage them all the time yeah there's room and, for error oh, and stuff yeah. like that but yeah it is a tricky one because then there's also the whole tone policing thing of like sometimes you do understand that people are very yeah, angry that's the thing and like yeah. that's where i really don't know how yeah. to handle it because the tone pleasing thing is exactly that like you just think yeah. well I can't tell you not to be angry but sometimes yeah. I think there are ways to engage conversation and mm. also teach a person in a way that they can take something away from it mm. but but then 
yeah that's why I'm learning every day like yeah. I don't yeah. I feel like I know what you mean and that's why I want to say like I don't think I'm not saying this is the case but I don't want people to put me on a pedestal because there is a mm. good chance I will fall off because mm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begin it all right like I'm there's probably things people are probably writing about me right now saying you hear what fucking Kelly said like I I'm not gonna get it right and it's absolutely mm. okay to say that like I feel like I can't always put things as eloquently as other people like I love reading Bethany's political pieces because she writes things in such in such an amazing way mm. i can't really do that like mm. i don't know how to write as i mean she's a writer like i feel like i'm a writer because i write a blog but i don't you know i'm they're just things that i just can't say in a certain way mm. and that's okay but yeah just learning every day to say and do the right thing and also having being okay with being pulled up on it and mm. uh, also a lot of the time i'll just sit back and i just i have a thing of reading threads and things and i'm like oh yeah let me let me just like take you know what I think about this and what I think about that um and then just letting sort of letting it sit with me but I'm also not afraid to stand by things I believe in because I don't think that you should succumb to everything everyone says you should have some you should still believe in things that you believe in regardless but it's just as long as it's the right things oh that's so exciting because that leads me to my penultimate question it's a new question I've just added today so Say there was like a war happening. Like we have a dictatorship. We have someone there out killing people. Uh, they have like armies in the street, Oof. and there's a resistance movement who are like going out trying to like bomb the the government buildings, trying to get take down the dictator, trying to fight for people. Mm. And then of course in that whole, so there's both like the bad guys, there's like the resistance fighters, and then there's you know regular citizens who mm. keep to themselves and try and stay neutral and don't want to get into trouble. In that scenario, where would you be? What would you be doing? I think I'd probably be on the resistance team, wouldn't I? I'm pretty much a live mouth on the internet, so yeah. yeah. No, I think I would because the whole time since I've been doing it, met, you said earlier about you just think, oh, I can't, I'm not worried anymore. I just I have learned to accept that this is my opinion and people won't like it, but I have to believe, I have to do and believe and say what I think is right. And that's why, like, with this whole election and everything, like, I've been quite open about my views, about being so left-wing and liberal, because I just, I honestly can't, I I just can't understand people that don't think of everybody. Like, I mean, we can think of everybody. We can do that. And if you only think of yourself, like, how can you help people? And I just, and growing, I didn't come from anything, like, with money. I grew up in a council estate in Newport, which is a kind of a poorer part of Wales. Um, My mum was a single parent, and we were on benefits, and I had dinner tickets, and, you know, I didn't, that's the way it was. And, like, it doesn't reflect me being a better or worse person, but I'm just saying that, like, having not had things and now I have things, I'm like, okay, like, I don't have to worry that much anymore because I work two jobs. I work the blog and I still work as well. But for me, it's, like, doing the best for, like, everybody and accepting that, yeah, I, I actually like earning money and I'd like to keep my taxes, but also tax helps people and we need to tax in the right way to give to the right people who need it and I just don't I'd rather be there I'd rather be on the resistance side and just know that I'll just be there doing the right thing I don't know do you know what role you would have would you be like the so I imagine that'd be like a leader like leading the resistance I'm not the leader I imagine there would be some like uh, uh, like kamikaze like I'm just going to go straight in there take one for the team uh, and there would be spies. I think oh. there'd be spies. Hmm. Because, because, oh, and then there's just like the, the people in the street. Like the, and then, then I imagine there'd be like a back, 
like people who just like work almost like the admin part yeah oh i don't know maybe i would i don't know why i don't actually know probably I mean, maybe maybe it's not no one's given this as much thought as i have yeah <laughs> you're like what would you be Oh, I, oh! I think I would start out as a spy. Okay. Start, but, but then, as soon as you were caught, you'd have to like run away. I think I would be lead, I would be. Yeah. I would be the leader of a small fraction, not the whole small resistance. Fraction. I would have like a, a bit of the resistance movement. I would be leading like my own little bit. Oh, I think. My God, I don't know what I do. I'd probably like start a drama club or something and like <laughs> fight the. F- Fight the patriarchy with theatre. Um, no, fight the resistance. No, I don't know. Actually, it's weird. I don't actually know what I That's did. an interesting one. Like yeah. Doing the art bit, which is like the way of... You, you know, know like they did under the... Uh, when the Nazis... Yeah, with Brecht. Do you remember oh, you know, Brecht? Yeah. He, that's, that was always really powerful. I love a bit Brecht. Yeah, but yeah, Brecht. no, I think like... I think I the thing is with me is like I talk really fast so I could not be a leader because I'd be like and guys you should and do this and they'd be like um didn't actually get any of that Kelly I'd be like souls I talk so fast I have to hold myself back like I'm talking slowly today but mostly when I'm on my Instagram people are like what oh wow yeah it's I talk really fast I have to really tame it down that's really good because we are running out of time and have one more question okay uh no it's not not on you it's all on me because I could talk to you forever okay I feel like it would be very long. <laughs> so, uh, you I always ask this, so you may have heard it. If you, well, you've definitely mm. heard it if you've had Mabaka. So, uh, and people who've listened, they're like, it's just learn how to phrase it, but I'm not. So, you have yourself as, you're holding yourself as a baby. You've mm. just been born, you're screaming and crying because everything's scary, but you know there will be scary moments in the rest of this baby's life. And you know up until the point where you are now what's going to happen yeah. in the baby's life. So, you get to say something to this scary, scary little Callie about what's going to happen and you can just you can't change anything but what would you say to kind of calm yourself down i should have prepared for this i always hear it on your thing um uh i'd probably say it is going to be very very difficult it will be difficult and you i'd have to say you're going to be very anxious you're going to be an anxious baby um but it will, I feel like this is such a cliche, but it will actually be okay. And you will get past it. And um, being good always overruns being bad. Like, in a cheesy way, but, like, I just always, I always say to my sister, like, you always have to stick to, like, what you believe in, even if it's the most, like, ridiculous thing. Because I think being a good person, I do really believe being a good person, like you will be rewarded for that in whatever afterlife there is. I do really believe that. And I've I've just always like thought that way. So it will, what goes around comes around. It will all come good in the end, I think. And also um, I would tell them some days you're a pigeon and some days you're a statue. That's my one of my favorite sayings. That's lovely. Because some days you're a pigeon shitting on a statue and some days you're a statue, statue being shattered by a pigeon. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't actually make sense, does it? Does it? I, I don't know why. It's I feel my like it did. It did, but, but I just, feel that sometimes you have we overthunk have overthunk have I overthunk it? That's not no, a word. I feel like sometimes maybe you don't get to be either. Sometimes you're not yeah. shattered or shitting. <laughs> I don't some know. days you're a pigeon. Some days you're a. Statue. I don't know what it. Some days you're a pigeon. Sometimes you're. Some days, maybe the statue has all. I don't know. Yeah. There was a reason why I really liked that quote, and it's yeah. not to Google it now. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself that I seem like weak upon my <laughs> final statement on this. I, can we rewind it? Take it back, take it back. 
That's I don't, perfect. It's perfect because the baby will be like, oh, the, she, ha- she I, I, won't even, I won't even have it together by the time also, I become I've an adult. never seen a baby pigeon, have you? Oh, never seen a baby oh, pigeon. Is it, oh, I'm going to say, is it, is it not an egg? Yeah, but when they grow, like, when they pop out of the egg, they're like, they're small birds, right? But I've never seen one. They just, I must, they must come out as giant pigeons straight away. But that would be a huge egg. I know. We're going to have to Google this afterwards. I know, but I, I've never seen one. And I look for them on the, all the time. <laughs> I, I Also, I've been shot on by pigeons many times. But, not but my nan used That's to, why they keep the babies away from you. My nan used to say being shot on by a bird was good luck. Yeah, I've heard that. That's bullshit. It's actually disgusting. That's I'm like, bullshit. why? Oh, I'm just literally got <laughs> shit all down my arm. But, so <laughs> thank you for doing this. Where, where can people find you? What's the... Um, you can find me. I'm actually rebranding my blog so i'm oh. just going to callythorpe.com shortly so yes. callythorpe.com and callythorpe on twitter and callythorpe on instagram and probably callythorpe on facebook so yeah just me and my name perfect thank you so much thank you so much this. for having me i love you i love, I love you so much I love you. thank you so much for listening uh i love doing this podcast and you know that because i keep saying it i really do it's my favorite thing i get to make all the decisions which I'm well you again you know from having listened to me on these uh <laughs> it's um it means everything I'm I'm quite a control freak and this it really lets me do what I want to do and I'm so happy that you like the thing that I like to do that's quite a lucky match isn't it so please keep sharing the podcast with whoever like I'm not going to I'm not going to there's no sponsor you know I'm not I'm not going to like buy a billboard I don't know how to spread the fact that this podcast exists. Um, if you don't tell anyone, no one will know. So please uh, share it with the, a friend that you think might like it. And you can always leave a five-star review on iTunes or a comment or anything uh, because then it'll pop up in the iTunes thing and then people can find it in that way. And if you want to help out, this takes it takes a lot of time. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying I... I've begun to be very busy, which is a nice thing. It's a really good thing. But I am I am busy and it really helps that I can sometimes say no to like terrible gigs or stuff like that or meetings and stuff in order to sit and, and edit this podcast or, um, or in other ways uh, prepare for it, like email people about it or something. And in order to do that, I, I need to be able to pay rent. And so it, it really, really, really helps me a lot when you decide to donate. And uh, so many of you do. Uh, I, I, <clears throat> I use Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash Mopod. You can always give like a one-off donation on, uh, on the Mopod.com, madeofhumanpodcast.com. But uh, you can, if you use patreon.com, you just have to sign up once. You decide how much money you want to donate per episode. It's in dollars, so that's fun. And uh, if you give more than $5 uh, per episode, you become a, um, a friend of the podcast, which means uh, that you will get access to patron-only content, such as videos and extra episodes. There's a few up. I'll make sure to put up more uh, <laughs> once everything calms down. And you also get a shout-out at the end of the episode, <laughs> meaning I will butcher your name. So... Uh, thank you so so much to these absolute heroes Uh, thank you so much for supporting I would like to thank 
Kathy Draxelbauer, Robert Knowles, Eve Wingrith, Victoria Greer, Marnie Biles, Olivia Hove, Zoe Cumberland, Joe C., Jane Young, Robin Kappa, James Frew, uh, IC Stars, Karen Threthaway, Russell Hughes, Ida Sugo Larsen, Lucy, Inga Ellingsen, Imogen Wilson, Maddie Searle, Justine Hughes, Andrea Papillon, Caleb Melchior, Zach, again with his silly name, Manex, Geest, Zach, clever. <laughs> Jessica Stolfire, Meg, Emma Chan, Sylvia Novak, Georgia Brown, Kathy Beardridge, Emma Walton, Andy Walker, Geraldo, Ashen Cronin, Claire, Danny Beckett, Fiona Richardson, Rachel, Grace Suther, Kat Piller, Harold Van Dyke, Amy, Eleanor, Sarah Ferreira, Ike Sith, Cherie Dunphy, and Daniel Reifershun. Hmm. The funny thing about this is, uh, <laughs> I'll see you pop up on Twitter, or someone will mention your name. Like someone came up to my show and went, oh, my, my friend Grace Suther. And I was like, Grace Suther? I know that name. Why do I know that name? It's because I've said it uh, every single week for quite some time. So your names are like in my head now forever. I'm sure if I met you in like 20 years, I'd be like, oh, Victoria Greer, it's you. <laughs> So, uh, thank you to all of you. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Mopat and donate however much you feel like giving. Uh, thank you to Bailey Leonard for my jingle, to Linda Brinkhouse for my logo, and to the Phoenix Artists Club and Peter Dunbar for letting me record episodes there. I will speak to you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>